Toma. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Toma. Poncha. Ah, Poncha. Dame la Poncha. Huh? I'm a blues man. Yeah, man. Dame la Poncha. Come on. Down, man. Have you heard this song? This is for uh, this is the meth head <laughs> anthem right here. Methamphetamine right. anthem for all the methamphetamine white folk that like to get crazy and lose we'll some teeth. Start this next set with white a song about and brown. the North Texas. Well, this one's called Choctaw Bingo. Industry. I love this song. Listen to the words. The lyrics of this are great. There we go. Come on. Hey, hand me that pipe. Put a little bit in there. Let's smoke this right now. Let's get crazy. Strap them kids and give them a little bit of vodka and a cherry coke. We're going to I never Oklahoma. Nobody has. Family reunion for the first time in years. It's a bit on. All right, all right, all right. Uh, you heard this song? No, great. What song? Play it. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm a qualified, certified West Side host. Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in Santa Monica, California. Sitting across from me, my co-host and partner. Oh shit! Chumahan. American, Indian, Southern, Californian, elegant, barbarian, the sadistic one. Coming to lace you up with some fucking truth bomb, fucking comedy, some upper class echelon, up in the air, rocking motherfucking roll. To all you motherfuckers that don't know what music is, listen up. Because we're on a highway to hell right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Ooh, wee. Huh. Come on. Come on! Come on! Bring it! Come on! Come on! Come on! Let's go on a highway to hell! On the highway to hell! Highway to hell! Highway to hell! Highway to hell! Makes me want to shoot a flamethrower in a fucking pillbox in you with Jima. Sound, old blue eyes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm in the mood for love. I'm in the mood oh, for love. Oh, baby. look out. Oh. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional and your oh. engineer. Oh. From oh. the Hard Luck Show. Oh. Baby, oh. Baby, baby. I'm in the Boom. 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 I'm in the mood. Boom. Right time the right time. Oh, it's the right time. Oh, and our showrunner extraordinaire, Mr. Schwartz. Showrunner extraordinaire, that motherfucker. What's up? What's up, fellas? Oh, fellas? 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 <laughs> huh? 
How you doing, Schwartz? You all right today, Schwartz? <laughs> I'm fucking fantastic, man. <laughs> hey, anytime Bye. this song comes on, mm-hmm. makes me just so mm-hmm. Feel good about yourself. What's up, yeah. fellas? My name is Schwartz. Minty. Wife is yelling at me. Minty. Getting up in the middle of the night. I've worked at blowing glass for pipes. And I did a battle rap against King Salmon and I won by a hair. They sell minty at Walgreens. I better find out because. Pot is in the air. I like to get high. Look at my and our cinematographer, Mr. Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. 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 Alibaba and the Forty What's up? Are you going to check Ali? in or what Ali are you going to do, bro? the 40 Thieves, that's me, Ali in the cut with the visuals. Yeah! yeah. Ali in the cut, in the cut, in the cut. With, with the, the visuals. visuals. Uh, all right. That's and then right. you know what time it is. And we have a special guest on today. Yes, yes we do, ladies and gentlemen. The what? The greatest artist yes. in the 21st century. 21st. Everybody knows he put Jackson Pollock in the ground. He makes Picasso look like a fucking toddler. He's got a permanent exhibition in the LACMA. Yes. His name is Robert Standish. Robert yes. Standish. Yeah. Robert! Yeah. contemporary yeah. artist. Amazing. Robert well, Standish. Come on, do you like the pixies? Yeah, I like the pixies. Of mutilation. Wave of mutilation. Wave of mutilation. Wave. Do I seem like a mutilation type of guy? (laughs) No, but you definitely seem like a wave type of guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know what? Wave of mutilation is a good thing because I was thinking about your work the way your recent work is and what would you call that? I mean, it's not a mutilation, but it's definitely a different view of color Mm. and it looks, I mean, how would you describe that? Because I was looking at a lot of your work and I was thinking to myself, you know, you have a lot of colors and they seem to be, you know, the lines, they, they seem to follow each other, but it also seems not, I don't want to say scramble because it's obviously planned, but what would you call what you're doing or how would you express that? Okay, well, a couple things. One, Go ahead. It's not really planned. It's very spontaneous. It is. Yeah. So uh, I would say about 98% of it is improvised. And at this point, I'm seeing it as energy, moving energy, mm. transmitting energy and distributing energy. So then the paintings that you're doing right now are improvised. And I guess when I said plan, I didn't mean that you like, sh- you know, thought about it ahead of time what it's going to look like Mm. but it meant intentional would you say that your work is intentional intentional in that i want to master a composition and that i'll keep working with it until i see let's say a satisfactory result right yeah so 
because we talked to Casper Rindle a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. When is it that you feel that it's done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there used to be a point when I would hear artists talking about, is a painting ever done? Right. Mm-hmm. And at that early stage, I didn't really agree with it. Uh-huh. I just felt that from the amount of work that I had done, I, I looked at my work and I was like, okay, it's done now uh, i think because let's say time experience and maybe the level has gone up um i look at certain works and i could see that maybe in a year i'll look at the same work and i might see a very small detail either missing or there that i would like to alter so most of the work that leaves my studio doesn't fall into that category. I, I, I work on it, I look at it, and I'm super happy. There's this occasional piece through time that uh, a month later, a year later, three years later, I'll see an image of it, and I'll be like, you know what? I would like to add a little color here. Have you ever gone to somebody that bought some art from you? Yes. And you really, That's yeah. awesome. and you're like, listen, man, yeah. I got something I need to do. Yep. Yep. And he was really worried. He was like, don't mess it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Of course. And I was like, no, it's not going to happen. And he was the type of collector that was probably as obsessive about. Uh, a piece and his enjoyment of it as I am about making it. I couldn't imagine me having some type of a relationship with the artist, purchasing his art to hang on my wall, and then the artist called me saying they have to make a change to it. They have to, to, to ease them. I wouldn't be able to say no because I wouldn't want their art in my house. Right. With that type of energy. I'd right. be like, yeah, come do whatever you need to do <clears throat> yeah. so that we're good. Yeah, but Standish is saying that the guy was so obsessive about what he bought and right. how he yeah, enjoyed right. the I art. I understand that, right? Well, but my point, uh, it's an interesting thing. So, Because it would be like Marvin Gaye. We might Gay. have to kill the guy to get Rob in there to fix it. It would be like Marvin Gaye <laughs> showing up at your house and taking your copy of Heard It Through the Grapevine and saying, listen, I know you've enjoyed this song for the last <laughs> right, year, but yeah. there's a fucking snare drum that's fucking me up, and I need to do something to that shit. That's, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's yeah, a big compliment. Right, that's I'm a huge he, Marvin Gaye fan. So. Yeah. That's um, why he said it. Now you put it in those terms, I understand. <laughs> Mo, but the point of the matter is, is what kind of collectors are there? Why don't you describe? I know you're going to be yeah. loath to say anything critical against, at least yeah. you're not. Hell no, oh, the, like the Indian saying it. It's not right. It's not Robert Standish saying it. It's Chumahan. Right. So don't blame him. Mm. He's a classy man. I'm, <laughs> I'm a savage from the swamps. All right. Okay, but, before uh, I answer that, yeah. before I forget, <laughs> I just got to put something out there for everybody. I'm curious what the response is. All right, do it. And what triggered it is you played Highway to Hell. Yeah. And boy, you were into it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a story to share. Do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Last time I was on show with you guys, you gave me a fantastic gift. Do you remember, remember what it I was? I do. It, what, was, what? it was it was a uh, coyote hat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and give a couple details. I, uh, a coyote hat. What does that mean? Okay. All right. All right. It was a fur, real coyote skin hat. There you go. Right? And the fucking... 
legs came down to cover the ears. You could tie it on. It was like something. It was an Indian thing. It was made on the reservation. Go yes. Ahead. Head, eyes, Right. Everything. There was some kind of connection. And I said, you know what? That's yours. This is yours. And Juman, Sight never, unseen. Char- he never does that. I haven't given anybody anything since. Nope. Okay. Right? So I felt that. Okay. And I thought it was a very special gift. The right. thing is, I'm basically vegan. I eat. Me too. Uh, I know. Okay. I know. Okay. But easy there. I'm clinching. Slow down. No. I'm clinching. So I'm gonna pull this pin in this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I eat uh, eggs and I eat. Uh, 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 let's see, dairy. Uh huh. But I don't eat meat. I don't eat fish. Don't eat chicken. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. So you giving me that gift with the history uh-huh. and everything, I was like, and that was the first time we met, I did consider it a special gift. So I took it with some reservation, no pun intended. <laughs> right, right. I put it in my trunk, but I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> I start driving home. I'm on the freeway. The engine light goes on. Okay. I can live with that. Okay. I can live with that. All right. I go to my studio because I have some painting to do. Mm-hmm. It's late at night. I didn't want to bring it up to the studio. I wasn't sure what energy this thing had. Dark magic. Just wasn't sure, okay? <laughs> but you have to understand, it's like the reason I should have uh, prefaced by saying the reason I stopped eating meat and all this stuff, it wasn't for... Some people think like, oh, it's not healthy, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. I stopped eating it because I didn't want to have my hand in some kind of killing. Right, okay? right. So, you know, this this animal, even though it's dead, you uh-huh. know, on my head or in my periphery, I just was a little uh, freaked out by. <laughs> so anyway, I kept it in my trunk of the car. Go ahead. <laughs> I do my thing, and then I uh, leave the studio. I'm driving home. It's about 12.30 at night. I'm on the freeway. There's not that much traffic. I'm driving a reasonable speed on the freeway, 120. No, I'm driving, you know, about 65, okay? okay? Out of the blue, a cat starts jogging across the freeway, okay? A cat. When is the last time anybody has seen a cat? A cat on a freeway. On a freeway, never. Before I know it, there's nothing I could have done. This cat is dead, okay, under my car, okay? Wow. And I'm like super freaked out. I pull over to a gas station. My air dam is is thrashed. There's hair all over Ah. the air dam. There's blood. And um, I'm thinking, wait a sec, wait a sec. Coyotes hunt (laughs) small animals, cats, especially in Los Angeles. Yes. You know, Hollywood Hills and that. Of course, absolutely. I'm thinking this car has been, uh, there's an exorcist spirit in here. (laughs) And uh, I got to get rid of it. So uh, (laughs) I leave it in the car. Um, and then the uh, next day, I drive out to Malibu and I give it a burial. You buried the hat. I buried the hat. Buried hat. Yeah. Buried Where did it. you bury it? Uh, oh. By uh, um, uh, what's the university? Pepperdine. That's so, where I went to law school. The oh. fucking the oh, fucking shit. hat has what microfilm in it, bro. The, mi- the hat had microphone. Listen, dude, you <laughs> yeah. buried the hat where I went to law school. See, I love that. And the reason I chose that is because I had seen coyotes around there. Sure. There's an ocean view. Yeah. And I, you know, I could have gone to Hollywood Hills, 
But I always loved Malibu, the vibe and all of that. And I was like, well, if I was an animal and uh, I, I would kind of want to be around here. coyotes yeah. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. if I was a coyote and blah, 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 blah. Wait a second. So so when you buried it, did you actually, like, dig a hole? Yes. Get the fuck out. And this was right at the height of uh, COVID, uh, remember? Yeah. And so I was, like, a little worried people seeing me dig, you know? <laughs> yeah. And just, like, burying a bat. Burying babies and shit. Yeah. Burying a bat. The last thing I wanted to do was be pulled over by an officer during, like, the height of COVID. With a ca- yeah. coyote yeah. hat. Hey, yeah. imagine them, they, they dig it up and they find, like, the little thing, <laughs> but then they dig a little further. And they find like a body or something. Yeah, anything. And they put could it happen. all on him. Yeah, anything could happen. That's fascinating. You know, I'm so- already paranoid about the coyote. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, did they- it cure your car? Uh, say it again. Did it cure your car after the burial? I didn't have problems. No problem after that. that. Well, you know, did the engine light go off when you? Yeah, and I don't even know why the engine. I don't recall now why the engine light went on. But I was a little like that. Wait, the engine light. You right. know. Right. So. That's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because you, in a way, kind of performed a ritual, right? You buried it. You could have just tossed it out. Yeah. Sure. But for some reason, you were like, I'm going to bury it in a place that I would want to be buried if I was in the same predicament. Well, he's trying to put an end to the cycle of that thing. But it hadn't been that long, right? I mean, it hadn't been months and months you were haunted by the ghost of a coyote. Oh, no, I did it the next day. Right. And, uh... And I said a prayer and, you know, I, I felt I felt bad even bearing it. But I was like, you know, because you're putting dirt on on something that I still feel has an energy. Right. And um, but isn't that life? I mean, isn't 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 it true that as life continues on, dirt gets put on things with energy? Yeah, I guess. Uh, once again, this was all stuff that I didn't necessarily want to be a part of, but I considered the gift part. An honor. An honor. And then it became a responsibility. Yeah. Right. Right. So this is interesting because it's your whole thing is energy. I I hope so. Is it or isn't it? At this stage in my life, yes. Okay. And your work is an emanation of energy, no? Yes. Okay. So, and this is why you would say it's improv. It's improv to the extent that you're not planning it but are do you feel or are you sensing the energy in order to create the art or how does your process work i would just say you know my sensibility growing up you know i was always more in my head and when people would talk about let's say emotions it's not that i didn't feel my emotions and you know feel the range of emotions but i considered myself more of a mental person but through the more recent years I've become more attuned that this is how I'm feeling. This is the energy. Either I want to transcend it to, let's say, a higher vibration, or I want to take this energy that I'm feeling and transfer it right into the work, be a conduit for it, and work with it. So would you consider yourself an instrument of the energy? As yes. You- right. And so, there, so the, the beauty of that, right, is that <clears throat> on some level it is transcendent, to a certain extent because you're not trying to control it necessarily it's going through you and there's a relief there's a relief in being an instrument for a higher power or a different power because it takes you out of the equation to a certain extent yes and and it's a, it could sound very pretentious but that is what i'm hoping for i got some questions i got a couple questions for you 
One being, Robert, is I've watched in the time that I've known you and watched you as a an artist, I've watched you go through different mediums with your art and the way you... I've even watched you do photography and stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. And <clears throat> At what... At what point in time, when do you know, or how do you get to a place, or how does that kind of go where you move from one medium to the next? Is there something that tells you, you know, I've explored this as much as possible, and now it's turning into something else? Or do you, okay, you know what, I'm going to put this away for now, and I'm going to come back to this later? How does that process work? Some people are just painters, and they just paint a certain way, and that's their thing. Or they're sculptors, or they're whatever. Or some people's first chosen medium is, is a they safe, protective choice when ultimately they really right. are going somewhere else. Mm. Because I look at you as, yes, an artist, but you're a special kind of an artist in the sense that you're like a evolving energy source of creation. So... It's that's what it seems like with you, Robert. Like you're you're you, you have something different that you want to share, and then you have something different you want to share, and yeah, they might call it the art world, and then you can start trying to figure it into like sculpt, paint, what that, but it's really just you're expressing, and, and I want to know how does that how does that work? How does that? Did it surprise you that you were like that? Was your plan to be a traditional? I mean, this is what I'm going to do. And then, you know, how how does that work there, Robert, with you? I don't necessarily think I thought that far ahead. I think I always was somebody who, if I was inspired to do something, I would just do it. And as far as what would cause or make way for a switch up, sometimes it could be boredom. Right. Sometimes it could just be a feeling that... This would be exciting to try. And I just didn't want to be one of those artists. This was a conscious thought that was afraid to try something different. And if it fell flat, I could always switch back. And um, maybe some people don't want to see failure before their eyes. Um, But I imagine with art or anything that is going to take a while to get to a level um, that it needs to be, you're going to have to work at it. So that first piece, if you're the type that is maybe hypersensitive, like, oh, this this doesn't work, and, and I'm crushed, uh, yeah, that's not going to work um, to get you further. So I think if you have the sensibility, you can look at something that you're trying new and be like, hey, this is a step. Um, there's going to be a lot more steps. And some people do get lucky. Uh, they, they, they create a piece and they see, which I think I would fall more into this camp, they see either the potential or they're just so happy to have tried something new yeah. that they see sort of that as, as the thing the that's going to, yeah, the win. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's interesting because in reading a little bit about you, I saw that you had a heavy emphasis in your studies in psychology. Is that correct? Yeah. 
What was the driver there initially? And you did talk a little bit about like originally. I, was, I feel like I was maybe mental or not. You weren't mental. Maybe you were mental, but you were in your I mind. I think I was a little in mental. your head a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And so was that the driver for the psychology, or or what was it that you were studying or looking for there? Originally, yes, it's sort of self analysis. Right, Doctor Hill thyself. Yeah, and uh, I think at that time. Um, Let's see. Uh, self-help books were really taking hold, and um, I just wanted to grow. And then I had a a family member that was going into rehab, and we ended up going to the uh, family weekend where you, it's uh, what's the best way to describe it? It's like, like a family visit. weekend. Yeah, and there's a lot of therapy uh, right. circles going on right, and stuff right, like right. that. Because they're trying like to heal the addiction, but like also the family. heal the family, right? Well, no, he's... the adventure intervention had already taken place. Now she was at a rehab center, uh -huh. and now it was just uh, they were doing the work, but they wanted the family there as well. To do right, some family therapy. Yes, right. yes, yeah. right. Because it's it, and it's true actually. A lot of addiction, and I'm speaking for myself, mm -hmm. right? So this is Chumahan. This is not Robert Standish saying this. <clears throat> My, you know, I've been sober 19 years. Congrats. That's beautiful. Thank you. And, but my thing was alcohol, right? I'm not a crazy whatever else. And um, the more that I stayed sober and the more that I studied psychology, which I still study to this day, the more that I started to see like, yes, there is a family part of this, mm -hmm. right? I'm doing something myself dealing with whatever it is that I'm not ready to confront or I'm trying to distract myself from or, or whatever it is, right? So for you, you go in and then all of a sudden, and it's, I'm not going to say it's different because maybe art and psychology aren't really that different, but you start to blossom into this direction of expression. Mm -hmm. And you're, it seemed to me that your earlier stuff was kind of like a photorealism. Yes. A very accomplished, by the way, right? And, you know, for all those people that look at abstract art and they go, ah, fuck, I could do that. It was fucking... <laughs> Stanish, yeah. right? I mean, the guy was already an accomplished painter in terms of photorealism. And, and mm -hmm. then you... What was the decision to leave that behind? Mm -hmm. uh, the photorealism, I just had got to the point where I was... I knew I could do it. Um, and... Let's say, because I, 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 I take it the... ridiculous. I know. Thanks, I tried. I tried. So I, I, I would take the photo, and at that point, I knew that the finished painting would look like the photo, and I was looking for more sense of adventure. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so now when you get to this process of adventure, you're attuning into or opening yourself up to energies. What is your process to allowing yourself to do that? Uh, Before each painting, I'll lie down and I'll say, I guess, a a kind of a thank you prayer. Um, And it it is to God. And uh, it's thanking God. God for what's about to happen. That's great. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So then, in your estimation, from your experience, and I know, and listen, you know, I talk to a lot of different artists, and I love artists. I really do. Steve probably sees me change or light up in a way that I don't in other situations when I'm talking to various artists. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. Juma. And <clears throat> there are always a lot of always. always. <laughs> <laughs> busting my balls right now. It's all right. That's what you see. When I get serious, yeah. bust my balls. I joke around, and it's a fucking thing. He doesn't want anybody tearing up here. All right, no. God for you. Know, yeah. It was really fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with that cigar in his fucking like, mouth. We're all waiting hand. to hear the fucking words. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, well, listen, it's a fucking part of this is drama. All right, here we go. Light the fire. Please. Hey, before I got started, I laid on the ground and said a prayer about this podcast. All right, here we go. Now, but everyone, they always seem kind of superstitious or a little bit afraid to be too direct or, or make a definition because art, I think in this generation especially, has kind of tried to be as sort of subjective and open as possible. And it is to a certain extent, right? Like we would have Casper Brindle in here and I'd be like, what's art, motherfucker? And he'd be like, well, for me, it's yeah. blah, blah, blah. But <clears throat> um, for your art, right? What what is art for you really? What is art? What are we doing? What is this? What is a fucking thing that's in a square that you hang on the fucking wall that somebody wants to pay a certain amount of money for to experience or to possess? And you sitting there laying on the ground praying to God, thanking for them for about what's to happen, which is a very American Indian way of going about it, by the mm. way. So what is really? what? Tell us the truth. What's art? What's well, art? Okay, <laughs> uh, f- for me, yeah, it is making something that I want to make, and I want that feeling to be shared with both the viewer, and if the viewer becomes the ultimate collector, the same. What? purpose is it serving us i guess i want both myself and the audience to experience creativity and 
okay, so I'm going to just go back a step. I really want to master the composition. And that means to me that there's an architecture there. And that means that there is a building of something there. Not just creativity, but there's a building of something there. A structure of some sort. Uh Uh-huh. And so as humans, I feel we have the ability to create. And that is, I think, and I think I've said this before in our last show, I think it's the most omnipresent source, um, creativity. It's all around us, and each of us can create in a way. We can create with our words, we can create with our hands, we can create with our minds. You know, just everything around us is designed, it's made, but it comes from creativity. The universe is created. Just everything, you just cannot, it's unlimited. So going back to I'm just one small person in it, But for me, it's just a reminder and I'm echoing that creativity and I'm seeing how far I can go with, let's say, achieving a satisfactory composition, achieving beauty. And there's color, there's line, there's form, there's shape, there's texture. Those are, let's say, my tools to work with, uh, to create. When you look at paintings or other people's work in the past, let's say, right, notable so-called artists, do you, are you able to pick up on the, what you may feel is the energy that went into creating that? Yeah. I think even a, somebody who's not an artist can pick up on it most of the time. Sure, but I'm saying you because you're intimately involved with and specifically pointed at picking up energy or transmuting, translating, whatever, energy, conducting energy. So when you look at, let's say, um, an artist referent that everybody knows, like let's say a Van Gogh, Hmm. right? And you look at that, are you able to get a sense of the energy that Van Gogh may have had when he was doing that? Yeah, I think so. And what do you think Van Gogh's energy was? Well, at this point, it's hard to separate from what we've learned about Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Uh, to, Van Gogh. Uh, see that? <laughs> see Van that? Gogh. You see that? All right, go ahead. It, it's hard to separate because, you know, it's easy for me to say what I see now. Right. I'd rather you test me on somebody that I know nothing about and, and, and you say, okay, what do you feel is the energy here? But remember, some artists are transcending... If they're lucky enough, they're transcending the energy that they have, let's say, as a part of their uh, soul and personality. And they're able to transcend that and give you a piece of art that isn't so attached to their personality. Do you think you're doing that? I hope so. That's what you're going for. That's what I'm going for. You're hoping that you're transcending your specific particular energy, soul, personality, identity into creating something that's beyond that. Yeah, because there's only, uh, you know, in a, in a day, my energy's where I want, maybe a small fraction of the time. 
you know, sometimes I'm self-conscious, sometimes I'm stressed, sometimes I'm angry, you know, it's like whatever it is. What pisses you off? Oh, a ton of things. I can be in traffic and I'm pissed off. Mm. I have to check myself and uh, say, you know, relax, chill, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's interesting, you know, <clears throat> what you say, because I, 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 you know, it's part of like everyday life. We all have to check ourselves, right? I mean, you might feel angry inside, but you got to check yourself because the reality is other people are doing things too and you got to get certain business done. If you have a boss, you can't necessarily say everything that's on your mind. If you're trying to woo a chick, you can't say everything that's on your mind, right? Everybody's doing something. So I always find it fascinating that now in this period of time on the West Coast, Southern California, we've got an idea that you know, we're all going to be okay with everything and we're going to get chill and we're going to learn how to like not react, right? We're going to be cool, hmm. right? And I'm thinking to myself, is that not prohibitive of the true human experience? Like I look at Sean and Sean's constantly like buffering himself not to strike out or whatever. But huh. in reality, the man's got a fucking fire inside. Hmm. Fire. It's burning. <laughs> Fucking fire. So Inferno. what about what about the other parts? Because the coyote, the interesting thing about the coyote, and this is something that I think everybody can learn from tribal cultures. The coyote is dual. The raven is dual. They are wisdom bringers, but they're also tricksters. Yeah, I remember re after you gave it to me, the first thing I did when I got to the studio was read up on it. So, yeah, I remember the dual quality. And obviously, we have dual more than dual qualities. But um, I guess what I'm saying is, let's say you're feeling angry to the point where you want to strike out, lash out. Yeah. I just feel that if I was in a different place, let's say in an hour, I'm not going to feel the same way. And um, so I'd rather check myself. And I just feel that the results of striking out, lashing out, make me feel worse after. So then I'd have to deal with that. Interesting. So it is about dealing with your feelings ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think at some point, if you say to yourself, I want to be a better person. Can't be perfect, but I want to be a better person. Yeah. I think if you're making that choice and then you feel that you have let yourself down, um, you are stuck at least for a moment, a day. Hey, there's sometimes, I'll give you an example. In high school, there was this kid. He had a bad attitude. Yeah. And in my way, I had a bad attitude too. But he challenged me and I, I ended up hitting him. And he ended up... Uh, leaving the school. He got in a lot of fights and stuff. And um, years later, to this day, I am still trying to find this guy and apologize. Wow. And oh, now you're going to find him and whoop his ass some more. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I just realized, like, he was angry. I was angry. Uh, he didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to deal with it. And um, based on that, yeah. Why? Hold on. Based on that, you were angry. He was angry. You didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to do it. What's the need to apologize? 
Um, because it sounds equal to me. Well, he didn't hit me first. Um, you know, he, he, yeah. But you didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, but uh, I guess I didn't hit everybody that I was angry with. Why did you hit him? I just he was uh, he was just in in that moment he just pushed me too much. Right. That's why you didn't hit everybody because they didn't push you too much. Uh, hey, let's face it. There's some guys that uh, no matter how much they are going to push, I'm still not going to hit them back. If Tyson, you know, pushes me <laughs> uh, too much, I'm going to look for, for every way not to hit him, you know, and I'm not going to hit him back. So, right. I, I'm just not going to. That's true, <clears throat> but that's because there's a disparity. I am. Okay. That's true, but that's because there's a disparity in what you perceive the power dynamic to be, physical. Yeah. Or he whatever. was physically capable of holding his own. Most guys, I, you should have saw me in high school. If you think I'm Slim Jim right. now, right. I was always a, a runt. So, so what's the need to apologize? You guys were on equal footing. You just happened to move faster. Um, You know, you could keep questioning me. It's just... Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, my own, um, it's my own compass, my own moral compass. Mm. The reason why I, I am is because I'm trying to understand you really. Yeah, and that's fine. Then what I'm saying is I feel that on this planet we can uh, take some accountability. And maybe it's upsetting to have to hear somebody this – he could have forgot about it. Yeah. I don't think people forget about being hit though. Mm. What do you guys think? Um, I don't know that. Listen, some I have, some I haven't. Yeah, some I have, some I have. You know what though? And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm not. That's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going with this. It's not you should or shouldn't, or there's a proper or not a proper. But what I am fascinated by, and you have a very dangerous side to you, Mister Standish. <laughs> and I'm looking at it right now. Your eyes, I, bro. When no. you, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do that. You are. You do. You have a side to you that's a little bit, um, like when I said, you know, but what's the apology, right? I kept pushing on that. And then you're like, well, you can keep questioning me if you want. There was a flash of something there, brother, where I was like, and I think, right? Yeah, that's that flash that he's about to put his foot right Right. You might have to find me and apologize (laughs) 10 years from now and be like, I'm sorry I kicked your ass. But the point of the matter is, is that, Look at look at look at he did it. He doesn't even want to hear. That's not it's not it's not true. Okay. Meaning that's not true. That right. that uh end result there is not true. Only a guy that, that could scenario. Kick your, only a guy that could kick your ass would say that. Look, that's not true. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But you do have a steelness to you, bro. I am noticing that. In this conversation, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. And I'm also interested because I'm like, you know, of all the guys and all the things you met I, it was interesting that you volunteered that I'm still looking for him to apologize, right? And then I'm thinking, well, you know, what, what happened? Everybody fights when they're young. A lot of people do. Some people do this and do that. And then I'm like, why? And then as you describe the dynamic, I'm seeing like, I don't know that, you know, yes, you hit him first. But um, I don't know. It seemed it seemed more than what was required so that's why i was asking and then the only reason why i'm into this is because i've been reading a lot and this isn't you i'm not saying anything about you but i've been reading a lot about sadomasochism okay and i've read now i'm on my like third book and i started early on with guys that were uh, contemporaries of freud and they're talking and they're talking about and i i can only 
urge everybody to read about this stuff because they have these great case histories where these guys talk about their dreams, what they do behind the scenes, all this stuff. And the way that these guys are going about examining, right? They're, they're examining what the overkill is. Why is there an extra, right? Why, is, why, why would somebody who has buried a coyote hat still looking for a guy from a long time ago that he punched and they were on equal footing, but it's still out there. And it's not necessarily to say, like, you should or shouldn't, but it's to understand the unconscious character Mm. that is there, which would be energy. And there's a part of me that believes that to be an artist of any kind, there is a violent part, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, whatever it is, there is a part that has to cut that that's committed to going all the way and when i talk to you about these things about the energy and all this other stuff when i think about your desire to be peaceful now mm-hmm. right like i'm not going to be part of killing animals and don't ever so you 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 eat dairy so but do not talk to my wife about eating mm-hmm. dairy she'll turn you off of that based mm-hmm. on all that stuff mm-hmm. not for health reasons right you can't eat ice cream around that woman without her telling you what the tragedy goes into making milk. Hmm. Okay. But the point of the matter is, is you have, you, it almost seems like you're putting out or you're working towards a more peaceful, whatever it is, because internally, you know, you have like a samurai inside or something deadly inside. Am I wrong about that? I might be. I, I don't know. I just know that it would make me feel better to say that to him. Interesting. Interesting. Steve? Well, I... I don't know. I, I know that there's a... I kind of feel what Chumahan's saying, but there, you know... You've heard a little history about Robert. Oh, yeah, he kicked that truck driver right in the chest. (laughs) That's a true story. And, you know, um, but there is a little bit of, um, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, I think yeah, I don't think he did nothing wrong, but I'm just saying, I get that, what you're saying, Shumahan. I mean, like I, I don't know. I might. I could. I could see myself showing up at Rob's house, saying, "Man, we gotta dig a fucking hole and bury a body," and Rob just being able to compartmentalize it, be like, "Okay, let's go." He's got that. He's got that little. I don't know. There's a, there's a a streak to him, but to me, it more seems like sensibility. I think that's part of him. That's an artist, the real artist, like a guy that's willing to go out on a limb and push himself past something he can already do. And, oh, dude, I'll tell you even one better. I think you got to be able to dig a hole to bury a body if you're the kind of person that has the guts to admit and to do. Lay down on the ground and pray to God before you start a painting. There's a lot of people that start shit that don't do shit like that at all. I mean, that takes a certain level of commitment and faith. Like, I don't know a lot of artists that... You know, if all of a sudden there was a hostage situation, the artist would know how to act. You get what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of like these like, I don't know, the word artist these days and how, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's like, why I'm always asking. fucked around and shit. Like, it shouldn't mean that. But like, 
you know, at the, and that's why I say he, he's like an artist, but Robert's also a sensible guy. Mm. You know? Schwartz, you had your finger up a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah I do. Fingers, I mean, when I, when I heard that story, I kind of, it took me back to what you were talking about with your art pieces and how you may look at it a little bit differently at a later date. And so maybe that's your thought process. Similarly, it's just perspective. That's what I'm hearing. It's just a different perspective and you wanting to act upon your new perspective yes. as you yes. did on that, as you maybe look at it like not, you know, not the right thing. And so that's what I'm hearing. That, that's yeah, just kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. So I would say back then, I don't think it required, st I thought it did, I thought it was strength and toughness that made me hit him. Now I'm looking at it from the perspective of, I think it was actually weak. And I do recall as I was growing up, when I got in fights, if I won the fight, because I most, I most likely wasn't starting the fight. Right. If I won the fight, I always felt guilty. If yeah. I lost the fight, oh my gosh, yeah. I was really upset that's a no-win situation yeah. yeah i went to a lot of schools i was the, always the new kid yeah so and i just remember you know now i'm th thinking oh if i lost a fight i yeah yeah i mean yeah it's hard to live down even yeah, if yeah. even if it was an unfair fight i've i i've yeah. gotten in fights where i was outnumbered and beat up and i did a number on myself because i didn't wasn't able to take all those dudes out right right but <clears throat> this is what i so Again. Tough, Again. Or tough or strong, or is it really weak? In my mind now, I just think, yeah, those are the same things. Those are the same things. The only way that I would see that, at least for me, okay, I'm just going to talk about me. only way I could see myself thinking I needed to apologize was because I took pleasure in dominating the other one. Well, at that age, I'm sure I did on some level. But that's but, not what's driving you now. No, no, no. But I, it's flipped, like you said. It's, it's, just, the, it's just the other side of it. And um, I, I guess... Hmm. I mean, it, I, I've said it, so... I think everybody understands. I, totally. I went to, <clears throat> there was a guy that picked on a friend of mine one night, and it was a block away from where I lived on Fairfax, and we lived on Hayworth, and some friends of mine were over at Canners, right? And it was Canners. like three in the morning, two in the <laughs> Jackson, Jackson, if you're listening. Jackson used to run a lot of the doors for Brent Bold House. And different I, I, I know him. I okay. remember him. So Jackson comes over, and me and Luke are living in this apartment. And he comes over running, dude, you do job. He's going to help. And we, like, throw on our pants, fucking run over there. We're, like, laid up, and you know? Yeah. I'm in the living room, laid up, watching a movie, and <laughs> pulled out of there. And I guess these dudes that were older, a few years older, had, like, uh, beat up somebody he was with and threaten them and, and hey, he had these guys all shook and so I show up and when I show up they're like squared off in the middle of the fucking dining room 
like the whole place. I show up to this and I'm like, fuck, I walk in. And as I walk in there, I see like these dudes and this dude, whatever. And I take off on this one guy and I knock like his front teeth out. And man, instantly, uh, the place, like everybody's like, we're going to cops. He's screaming and like <laughs> mayhem, mayhem, like, so, like bloody murder, you know, instant boom. So out of there and everything so this dude i knew when i hit him and i watched what had gone down is that like he i'd fucked him up right his, his, his shit so i remember it was maybe five six years later this guy is up on melrose and he comes into the supermax store and i see this guy. and his name to this day his name is Oren. Oren was his name and uh he comes in and he kind of looked at me and i think that he didn't know that that was my store that that I was doing until it was too late. Right. He was already deep in the store when I noticed him and I think when he noticed me, yeah. but he wasn't going to act like he knew who I was, but right. he knew who I was. And so I was like, man, dude, I have to like I have to, I have to make it a message to you. And I walk over to him and I go, "Hey man," and and right there and as soon as we started talking, I looked, could see those two teeth were, you know, fake teeth. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, hey, man. And I went and I told him, man, I was like, I was an idiot, you know. And, you know, and, and, and I think, yeah, I just thought about if I bumped into that guy that I needed to make it right. I thought about it after after it happened. I thought about it for some time and it ate at me. and uh, And so I did. And he told me he wasn't even sweating it. Yeah. Well, at least that's not. That's what he said. Yeah, and we he's don't like, know, bro, really, man. Really I was eternal. fucking with. He tells us straight up. He goes, "I was fucking with your friends. You know, you were coming to back up your friends." See, right. that's interesting. I like that. I like right. his response. Uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. He well, that's said why. That. Like, that's why I'm saying sometimes these acts aren't anything about the other person. Still self-absorbed. Uh absolutely. Yeah. That, I would never deny that. It's mm. my thing. Yeah. It could be some of his thing too. Sure. But you're not worried about that. That's not what yeah. the concern is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's like like so then the question becomes maybe it's more valorous to carry it and say, you know what, I'm not gonna interrupt that yet. And this is my it price. It is what it is. It is what it is, and my price to pay for this is that it's gonna eat at me a little bit or it's not gonna be complete in my mind the way I want it to be. I agree too. There's also like there's stuff like that that you just, who knows? You may not even get the opportunity to see this guy ever or make this apology. But I don't know if he's even around. Right. right. And I think that those things, though, a collection of, the more of them you're not going to make right. I mean, the majority you're not going to right. That's but if you even things, know of it. Well, there you go. Or right? if you even think of it. But I, I think that you these things collectively kind of like guide you on how you do shit well i'll tell you those experiences like that's part of learning that's the reason you know ain't so quick to crack somebody's because you know how it feels maybe down the road a couple days or you don't do this because you know how and so it's like not all of our our actions are to be uh you know um well, I think apologize about. For, but I think about. The I w- get what he's talking about. Yeah, I think about the WW2 vets. I mean, think about the flamethrower guy. He got a medal of honor. That, for that guy wants to go fucking apologize, but he melted them all. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, where do you, I, and this isn't even anything related to no, what, what, what does Robert, that guy do? Right. Think about that. Like, how do you, does he even want to? Because some of his friends got killed. I don't, let me, I'm going to say to you about that, Shumahan. Yeah. Is that I don't know anybody that's dealt with that and that they got like a healthy handle on something like that. I don't. People like that, I don't. I don't think that there's healthy people like that did that and like, oh yeah, and they're either a mess from it, and everybody knows it because they're all undone, or they're suppressing it at a high level and they just shut it out and have some other kind of way to cope with it. But I don't think you come away from that. And... Or some days it's a stronger Upper feeling towards I can. Or... I, it was. It was. They can justify it, and then some days. They're just like, I wish I didn't have to have experienced that. I For wish sure. I didn't have to have been uh, uh, associated. Because I will say, and we all heard these stories, and we know it to be true, Chumahan. And, and you know, there's a friend of me and Matt Blondell's we're, we're close with. And and he's somebody that you know, was a lot of stuff happened to them over there in Iraq, Iran, whatever. Came back and. He's fucked up. This dude's real fucked up. Danny shit. talks about that he's had buddies that he's the only one he can talk to. When he shows yeah, a up, a bunch of them killed themselves. And stuff, right? He's yep. got a gun and everything's blood. But and, at a level that we can't understand. For sure. Like he tells me stuff, things that like are that he didn't say on the show. Yeah. And I was like, because that shit twists you in ways that you can't explain to somebody who's never seen that. that Weird things. The mind's so complex that it doesn't equate the way you think it does. Right, which is <clears throat> going back to to Robert's work, which is why I find it fascinating that you you're you're now then trying to take the energy and put that into your work. And let me ask you this: Do you have a sense of where the energy's coming from? I know you're going to say everywhere, but do you visualize it? Do you see it coming from above and all around? How does it? I'm I'm hoping it's coming from above. Right. You're hoping. Is there a chance that it's not? Sure. Do, do you feel like you're a conduit? Do you feel like you're an instrument at times? Oh, it's the intention. Have you ever painted something and then afterwards went, well, that did not come from above? And then sold it to Alice Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that I'm painting now doesn't seem to have a darkness attached to it. Absolutely not. I've mm. seen it. It's very light. Yeah. It's yeah. got a lightness to it. Yeah, and, and it can be intense and stuff, but I don't see a, a darkness or a grotesque quality to it. It's do you do Yeah, you know what? I I, I wrestle a little bit with what you're talking about, um Robert, in terms of when I'm trying to create when I'm trying to create and I'm trying to separate is this, um, am I flowing and I am I just letting it flow through me or is this something that my, I'm manufacturing and trying to like make it perfect or make it something that's not. And I kind of go back and forth with some of that. You know what's crazy is I understand what you guys are talking about and I, and I, tr I, and I think that like I, I do that. But then there's this other side of me that's like, you're part of it. So even if you're intentionally trying to do some shit, you're still part of the flow. Yeah. Like, one of the things, this is what I'll say. 
one of the things of not being from an Abrahamic uh, religion originally, okay, is that I stand a little outside the concept that humans are outside of nature. There's no like, oh, it was perfect. Oh, it was perfect. And then we ate from this tree. And now we're outside of nature. To me, that's legitimately like just a story. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of times that I think about like as much as I'm trying to make something, you know, get out of the way and blah, blah, blah. Isn't me fumbling around with that until I eventually just forget about it because I'm not winning either way? Like, isn't that just part of the flow? Isn't isn't even the most and this is why I think a lot of religions, right? And we'll just make it general, have a real difficult time trying to deal with life, which is we've got this force of good that created everything, but we've all seen fucked up shit happen. How could it be? And then there's all these like machinations to try to figure out how that could be. In some traditions, it's like the really good one that's omnipresent. We don't know why, but he invented a really evil one. So he's really responsible for creating all this shit. But we're going to blame this one off. And then we're just kind of try to fucking live with that. And you got like some Buddhist traditions, which are like, look, your attachment to everything is what's fucking everything up. Right. right? But then you can get attached to that doctrine as Noah Levine told us. Right. Which is an interesting thought. And then there's another one, which, and this is what I think for me anyway, the end all be all of psychology really for me is to stop being so goddamn conscious. Just fucking let it go, which is a little bit, I'm hopefully going to be an instrument and I'm not going to be worried. Am I too much in the process or not? Fucking forget all that shit. I'm just going to go into some kind of flow state, whatever that is. And then if you're like anybody else in the world, you once you have the experience of the flow state, you try to recreate it and just fuck it up all the time because you're trying to so hard to recreate it. <laughs> right. So then I think, well, maybe that's all a part of of what it is. Maybe it's all of a part of it. And at the end of it. Right. I'm always like at the end of it. You know, it's only about for me. Finding some kind of meaning, which is completely artificial. I mean. The rocks and the fucking sun and the earth and all that shit really doesn't think about what I'm thinking about, really. And they have an existence apart from me. But I'm thinking about is what I'm doing meaningful to me? And am I finding some kind of... Because my drug is epiphanies. That's my drug. Epiphanies. I work very hard to have occasionally an amazing insight. And everything else can fucking kiss my ass. That's the truth. I sit there and read and talk and challenge all so that I can at some point have an epiphany and blow my own fucking mind. If he could, he'd like to blow his own mind and he'd like to blow himself if he could. (laughs) That's a fact. For (laughs) sure, dude. What guy... Oh, here it goes. What guy would? Yeah, I mean, come good. on. You talked about Get gravy leg for fucking ten years. We're gonna end on that. Yeah, we. Why, dude? That. Said I was gonna. Bl- I was just laying epiphany. No, it wasn't. you had to undermine it. No. Yes. Well, Robert, <laughs> we didn't even get to what I think Sean wanted to talk about. What? Which was Robert's uncle. Ah. Oh. 
Yeah, let's talk about Robert Sungle. Still that music. Be the only reason why I know that is because on Instagram you congratulated him. Oh, yes, I did. Nobody knew this, brother. Because nobody was supposed to know. Is that true? Why why would he say congratulate? I mean, the raps. Is it? It was just something that as I was uh, finding my way in life and stuff, I just didn't want people to think, oh, my, uh, my uncle, sure. blah, 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 you know? Of course, but, so since you've already found your way, right? I feel, I feel, uh, of course you have. Some of the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your uncle is William Shatner, who just went to space. Yeah, that was, um, I, I was truly inspired. It, never mind the uncle part, his age and space. I thought, like, Wow, people getting to that age and having that m- mindset. I can do Wherewithal. this kind of stuff. How old is he? 90. Yeah. About 90, 90 or yeah. 90 or just 90. Really? Yeah. yeah so bro. How, as a, how's, amazing, your, how's your uncle? She packed my bags last night. That's him. How, how's, she, how's your yeah. uncle? Uh, my mom's sister married Zero. him and had three children. Okay. You know, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people, I can't think of an artist that's actually influenced the 20th and 21st century as much as William Shatner. It's true. It's true. I mean, seriously, think about that. I mean, you can say like, okay, some of it's funny. His spoken word music is kind of funny. All right. We can all say that. But that dude is constantly reinventing himself. Yeah, very much. And constantly like doing... Think about an actor. Think about this, Steve. Really think about this. An actor who played a guy in space. Right? And turned himself into an icon. Not only that, but actually went to space. Right. I mean, that's almost better than what Neil Armstrong did. Right? Don't listen. Let's just not compare. I am. Come on. That's Neil Armstrong. No. Neil no, Armstrong. They yeah, both yeah. got out to space. Neil Armstrong did a lot less work to do get there. <laughs> no, no. Neil, Ar- Neil Armstrong didn't uh wasn't part of a hit fucking television TV show. Yeah. Was Neil it Ar- laying down pussy the whole way oh. out to space? Uh Neil Armstrong. About that. No, no. It's Neil good. Armstrong never saw uh, the How type many of pussy, women? my yeah. man. Yeah. Come on, Shatner. Shatner did. He was laying him down all the way to space and did back. Did you ever date O'Hara? Yeah. Did you get to date O'Hara? Because I had the no. thing for her, man. Yeah, she, she was fine. Yeah. All right, seriously, though. No, 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 no. What was it like? I mean, seriously, was there any fun times? Did you ever Did you ever have a birthday and you were on the set of Star Trek and the Romulans came in and gave you a cake? No, no, it, it, it wasn't like that. He was always in space, you know? And, uh, right. But um, he was generous, and um, I, I grew up without a father, and for a brief period of time, he was that person. And uh, he'd come over to the apartment. He had two Doberman pinchers, and these were like giant animals to a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old. Right. And, um, uh, you know, we'd go to the house and swim, and, 
You know, there was just uh, moments I'd ask him about the show because I was young, right? Very young kid, a kid, and it's on TV at that time. Yes, yes, it's the biggest thing on TV. No, it's on TV, right? But I'm saying it's also the biggest thing. And I'd be like, "How do they do? How do how do you evaporate? You know, or disintegrate and then come back?" So he'd explain it to me, and I still didn't understand. Right, Right. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but um, and then they did all the movies. Yeah, they did the movies, is in the movies. But, you know, um, they did, um, uh, he got divorced. Uh, I think after 12 or 13 years, they got divorced. Sure. I saw him a few times. The last time I saw him was three years ago. But it's not like I'm hanging out with him all the time. No. But when that happened uh, and it was announced, I was very, truly impressed. Me too. And I was inspired and... I was inspired in um, a way that I will take that to my later years. You know what I'm going to say is I'm going to say that that I think is the power of of like manifestation. I think that William Shatner, you know, he's a human like the rest of us, so whatever. But he had been so a part of something for so long, and whatever it is, I believe that he was able to eventually manifest him actually going to space. And I think that is partially why it was so emotional for him when he came off and talked about. I can't imagine the. I can't imagine a better like. You know, third act of one's life, let's say. Yeah. Right? Is, it's, <laughs> it's wild to have that circle. Um, and most people wouldn't have had the guts to do it. You're absolutely right. And I bet you there was a piece of it that he was like, you know what? If I die going up there. Right. It'd be fine. It's, that's part of yeah. it. And that's that's still I, a bold move. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's still a bold move. Getting out of your comfort zone. Yes, yeah, I, I was going to say some people yeah. want those final times to be as comfortable as possible. Sure. And he still wants William Shatner to have an impact on you and me and the world. You know. Yeah. Oh, blue eyes. What do you think about that? This guy, Old Blue Eyes, barely will leave his apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. He's. But not he wanted even... to know about this William Chatner thing. Is there any? Sean, I hope it inspires you in oh, your later sure. years. Oh yeah. man, I hope that. Uh... You know, what, you know what William Shatner inspires in me mm. more than anything else, not to give a fuck what people think or say or criticize. You live your fucking life, and some things you might get right, some things you might get wrong. Who yeah. the fuck knows, right? Yep. But stay on your path. Eventually. You'll make it on the ultimate journey. And why don't you tell us, Robert, how can people find you? How can people find your art? Let our listeners know. Instagram, Robert Standish. If you're a Facebook guy, Facebook gal, I'm there too. But I'm more active on Instagram. Right. Thank you, Luck. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for being here, man. Thanks, Schwartz. Fantastic. Uh, Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Ali. Yeah, Shumaha, thank you, brother. Thank you. Supermaxhardware.com. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays is the Hard Luck Show. Keep your ears and eyes open for the Art of War audiobook series. Yeah, we just did the audiobook of Art of War. It's an amazing, amazing series. It's going to be coming out, right? So keep your ears and eyes open. Also, uh, the crime 
what is it? LA Crime Stories mixtape. Mixtape. Keep an eye out on that. And uh, shout out to PYFC. Mm. Shout out to Oscar De La Torre. Right. And to Alex. Thank you. And thank you to our sponsors, Cookies, Enzo's Pizzeria, uh, Vibes, Cookies, and shout out to the Soul Assassins, my kids, the city of Santa Monica. I'm going to pass it over to Ali. You got anybody anything for us, Ali? Yo. Listening to the show today, and I hope everyone's having a good time. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube and my website at cosmicdemise.com for my art, my clothing, my visuals. And yeah, there we go. Yeah, and yeah, there we go. That's it. Shout out to moms getting better. Lori, God bless my wife, and uh, Megan. Thank you very much for coming in, Rob. Yeah, hey, brother. Amazing much job. appreciate it. Sean, you're up, old blue eyes. Sean at movemental.media. Uh, don't forget to go to the Hard Luck Show, hardluckshow.com. 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 Right. Hardluckshow.com. Check out that L.A. Crime mixtape. Check out Art of War coming very soon. Actually, by the time this episode is out, it's already out. Uh, it's already out. Gumroad, go Gum on road. there. Hard luck show, gumroad.com. Buy tab. Buy tab. 500 units. I paint my nails and everyone gets the clown. 750 me. units. He gets uh, extended black lady. No. Black lady <laughs> uh, extension fingernail tips. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Okay. Chuman? Uh, yes. I want to give a big shout out to Richard Garcia, to my sister Bath, Cool Jewels. My other sister. Cool, Jules. My other sister, Sandy. Sandy. Uh, Ponch Perez, Oscar Michael, Pablo Ruiz Jr., Mr. T93. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Daniel Marsola, yeah. Instagram Jesus, St. James Sense, Pulpo, Pulpo, Cocobra, Calco5522, Rise1, who's pulling together all the clips for us. He just volunteered. He, he's he's going to pull clips that I can play for us of old shows when we can talk about that. And I want to say, Bone LLP. We wear braids to court. Let the tomahawks fly. The best legal representation money can buy. And like we do about this time. Adios. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.